All right, good morning and welcome once again. Good to have y'all here. And, uh, well, talk about some real life stuff and current stuff and how that affects into the kingdom of heaven, how that affects God, what God thinks about things. And um, as I was getting my inspiration for today's message, um, we'll start off with some uh, a conversation I had with someone this past week. And um, through my, my other endeavors, we were meeting with a, a client. And um, they manage a, uh, a service. They take care of a, a bunch of different um, recreational places. And uh, we were doing some work for them. And they've been, of course, really be- busy this time of year because it's summer. And uh, everyone's out for the summer and doing vacations. And anytime you're in the Florida heat and you can get close to some cool water, that's where people's going to congregate about and uh, the person was, was talking about that she was having a hard time finding people to work. And uh, it's a really, really nice environment. It's a nice place. It's, it's, a, it's a pretty place. It's like I said, it's on the water. It's, the work is not, you're going to stay busy, but it's not uh, demanding. It's a, a very good place, especially if you're looking for a summer job or you have very little experience. There is a lot worse alternatives if you want want to work. And uh, so they were saying that she was having a hard time finding people to work, that they would hire people, and that within a couple days, they would just simply quit. And for no other reason, basically, than they just didn't want to work. They, it, was, it was too hot. It was just too demanding. It was taking too much time. It was, they just didn't want to work. And unfortunately, that seems to be the case with a lot of people. We see that people are quitting their jobs now in record numbers, and they have been for the last little bit, and that they want a different approach. They feel like they're not being rewarded enough, and... There many of the younger generation is looking for a, a different system, more division of the wealth, that people with more should give more to people with less, that we need people that's going to divide up these sort of things. And of course, here in America, we live in a, a capitalism environment where their hard work is to be rewarded. You know, many people still call it the American dream, and many people want to come here because you have that opportunity that the only limit you really have is yourself, how much you really want to put into something, and that someone can come from nothing and make an empire here in America. And we've seen that happen countless times. But there's people that say that this system is flawed. And I want to look at Acts 20, verse 35, and then we'll have a word of prayer, and we'll dig a little deeper into this subject. Acts 20 and 35. I have showed thee all things, 
how that so laboring thee ought to support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord saying how it is to be blessed, to give, then to receive. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity today to speak your word. Father, I ask you to take myself out of the way. Let your true message shine through. Open our hearts and minds to receive it, Lord. We ask this in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. And as we read a, a verse like that, we can, we can think maybe, well, that's, that's what God is after. Maybe more of a, a balanced system. But is he really? What is his, his real thoughts on the type of environment that we live in? Our capitalist system. Is God for it? Is he against it? And first we need to do a little bit of review. And we've talked about in the past weeks about money. We've talked about the love of it. And we know that we all have an inherent love of money, even though that it really has no actual value, is based on a system with no actual value, is something that we covet because this device can be used to be traded for anything. It can be used for goods, it can be used for services, it can be used to fulfill our wants and fulfill our needs. And the word tells us that the love of money is the root of all evil. And we see countless examples of how far we as human beings are willing to go to receive these funds, to be able to do these things. The other night, someone became a billionaire. They bought the winning ticket to the lottery system that had crept to over a billion dollars. And, of course, many people was out buying hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, of tickets because we've never seen such a, a jackpot before. And... Maybe I just have a different way of looking at it, but I could see that those people might be in for a, a world of hurt. Because I know with all the things that that kind of money can bring, there's also going to be a lot of headache and a lot of problems that go along with it. Their lives are going to be forever changed, and it may not be the, the blessing that they so think it is. kind of problems, threats, and isolation that all that is going to bring. So many times we think if we just had more stuff, more things, it would fix all of our problems in life. But many times the more stuff we have, the more headaches we have to, to go along with it. And the reason we have such a, a problem is because we live under a curse. We have the earth's curse system that was brought forth when man fell, when Adam and Eve partake of the proverbial forbidden fruit and brought sin into the world. We were separated from that source and we no longer... See, God is our source of everything, so we're constantly trying to make up for it, and we're trying to gather up and hoard as much as we can, and we 
feel like there's never going to be enough and we can't part with any of it. Well, we see that's in direct contrast. And of course, we fall back on what we've already talked about. We see that Satan is always trying to diverse from what God says. God says we are to give, to be joyful givers, to help the ones in need. And Satan says, you've got to keep that all for yourself. You don't know if you're going to have enough. You don't know what the future is going to bring. You're in turmoil and you're going to need that. Keep it all. Always in direct contrast. And I use the word always and uh, they tell you in many different situations that the word always and the word never is words that you should not frequently use because there are few situations that are an always or a never. There's many times exceptions to the rules and exceptions to situations, but when it comes to Satan, that isn't always. He always wants to deceive you. He always wants to turn around and distort what God tells us. With anything, sin can corrupt. Man can corrupt. If we take God's guidelines, we look at things through the glasses of Jesus. We use the Word of God as our filter. If we do that and we apply that to anything, anything we can use for our good. We can use to further the kingdom of heaven. God takes our mistakes, he takes our tragedies, and he can turn that around. He gives that power to us, and we can do that too if we use his guidelines. And on the same note, if we ignore God, ignore what he tells us, ignore his rules, regulations, and guidance, anything can be made to be troublesome. It can be used as a weapon for Satan. And our environment that we live in, our capitalism system, can be the same way. Now the first thing I want to look at is, is let's look at some of the, the people that had a heart for God. We see uh, David. Word tells us that he has a heart for God. We see him rise to king. With kingly ability, you have wealth. You have power. This was sanctioned by God. His son Solomon, he seeked wisdom from God. God granted that to him. And through that, he became one of the wealthiest people that the world's ever known. Abraham, he was an owner of, of livestock. He had servants. He had workers. He had an accumulation of wealth. And even if we look forward to that, to the New Testament, we can even see the... the the rougher of the apostles, the fishermen. These were men that had their own business. They had their own equipment. They was providing for themselves. They were taking care of their families. 
They were not in distress. They were doing well. These were all men of God. So if it's okay for them, it's okay for us. So God does not have a problem with us accumulating wealth, with us being successful. He tells us that he wants to give us the desires of our hearts. He doesn't have a problem with that. The problem lies is when this becomes our, our focus. It becomes the forefront. It becomes all that, that matters. You know, when Jesus was doing his ministry, he came across a fellow and he was real interested in what Jesus was doing. Jesus said, go ahead, sell off all your stuff, come along with me. And the guy thought about it and he said, whoa, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that. Because what he had had such a, a hold on him that he couldn't relinquish it. That that was the most important thing that he had going on. There's another tale where the woman, she has her down to her last two coins. And she gives... And this is a greater gift because it's everything that she had versus everyone else that gave more, but they were giving out of their extra, their abundance, what they had left over, what they didn't need. Where this woman, she was giving everything. We have to have, have balance. God wants us to be blessed. He wants us to be happy, have the things we want and desire, but he also wants us to pay it forward. He wants us to help others. He wants us to be giving, and he wants to, us to do it not because of the attention that it draws, not because of who sees, but because of what it does in our hearts. That we're doing it to be pleasing unto God. We're doing it because it's the right thing to do. It's been doing it because that's what God wants of us. I find myself, I watch more stuff out from the older times that's not plagued with so much of this New age ideas and stuff and from a, a simpler time when just things were, were funny and, and just, I like the, like the older shows. And I was watching an older show yesterday and it was, it was comedy. And it was a, a Christmas episode. You know, we have close to the Christmas season. They usually have a holiday episode. And it was a Christmas episode. And... Uh, they had one of the, the Salvation Army bell ringers outside. And the fella came up and he was going to drop a $10 bill into the bucket. And he made a mistake. And instead, he dropped a $100 bill into the bucket. And he said, whoa, I didn't mean to do that. I've got to you know, swap this out and, and we've got we to gotta change it out. I, gotta, I can't, you know, can't do that. So he ends up breaking into the bucket. And he sees that that is the only piece of money that's in the bucket. 
And the lady ringing the bell tells him, said, well, people just aren't giving like they used to. And he says, well, you know, if I was going to give $100, I wouldn't do it here. I would do it in church to make sure that God sees it. And of course, it was done for the comedic value. But in reality, how many of us do that? How many of us are only generous when we think that someone's watching? When it's something beneficial to us? God tells us throughout His Word that we should give with a, a generous heart. That if you're not going to be, your heart's not in the right condition, don't even bother. Because that's the only reward you're going to get is what people see. Because he's not keeping track of your ill attempts to try to impress man or try to make yourself feel better. He's worried about the condition of the heart. Another, another story, one of the few pastors I like to listen to on a regular basis, he was telling a story and... Uh, started up a church and they were in the process of building a house and they had rented an old house for a long time and it was hard to keep up with and it was it needed a lot of repair and it was hot in the summer and cold in the winter and it was it was just a mess but they were grateful to have it because they had a, a roof over their heads and a place to raise their children and they had finally got to the point in their life where they were able to build the house that they wanted. And to do so, they were doing a lot of the construction and whatnot themselves and acting as their own contractors and hiring subcontractors and stuff along the way. And uh, through the church, he had met a young man that was in between jobs, but he had great experience in electrical work. Well, it just so happens that this was not an area of expertise that he possessed himself and was something that he needed to farm out to someone else. So uh, he approached the young man. The young man was, was more than willing to, to come and work for him because he, he needed the work. And so he showed up and he, he worked for a few days. And um, it just at the end of the day, every time, he just had this, this expression on his face. And finally, the pastor went up to him and he said, is something troubling you? Is there something that we can talk about that I can help you with? And they said, you know, he said, you know, whatever it is. He's, and, and, the, and the boy said, your man, your man said, whatever it is. He said, yes. He said, well, this, this, is, this is confidence. We can talk about it, whatever it is. If nothing you can say, nothing you can do is going to offend me. So let's, let's talk about it. And the young man said, well, you know, I think that we need to discuss your salary. And uh, the pastor was a little surprised, and he said, okay. He said, well, look here, you're, you're building this, this house. And I look over here, and I see uh, uh, a Mercedes or a BMW or whatever it was parked over there in the driveway. And uh, I'm just concerned about your salary. And he said, well, I said, we can talk about it right now, if, actually. And he said, uh, first of all, he said that, you know, we've been saving up for a long time. We're doing a lot of the work ourselves. And actually, if you compare it to most other places in the area, this is not that big or grand of a house. This is 
relatively mid-range. And he said, the car that's in question over there, I bought that used, and it's also 17 years old. And in reality, that it's probably worth a lot less than something of a different brand that would be newer. And it said it's just something that was dependable, and I've had, and I'm, it's just was able to, to purchase, and it really has no value to me other than what I use it for, and it's for transportation. And then the biggest shocker came is, now that you wanted to talk about my salary, is that in fact is I do not take a salary from the church, and I never have. That I have my own business that's been greatly blessed, and that is where my finances come from. And the young man was taken back, and he became apologetic. And and the fact is, and the moral of the story is, is that we have this notion that God wants us to be poor. That we are to be destitute. A lot of times God allows us to be destitute through situations we put ourselves in, so we cling to him as our source. And many of us are not successful. We're not financially stable because we simply can't handle it. There are so many stories of people that gained a fortune to only lose it and be in a worse situation than they were down the road because they're not responsible with it. They're not doing the right things. If, uh, if the young man did a little more research, he would have known and been around maybe a little longer and been involved in the church a little more. He would have seen that they actually do quite a bit of work through the church, that they've actually given away vehicles to people in need, helped other churches to grow. And one thing that I do admire about them is that they keep growing, but they grow in different directions. They plant new churches. They make new campuses instead of trying to make a a mega church Mecca, where everybody would flock to. But God doesn't have a problem with us being successful. But he wants us to use that in a way that is is pleasing to him. And there's many problems with our system we have in place today. And the main problem is, is that God is not the head of it. Now, these youngsters have been told through the the system, through school and and through this new age that, that we need to do things differently. But there is no people that's in charge today that I believe that has my best interest in heart that don't show godly values. 
You know, is that a question that we even ask people today? You know, I think it's a, it's a fair enough thing to, to want to know before someone is working on a project for you or if they're going to be working on your body, if they're getting into parts of your lives that you're performing a, a service for you, is that don't you need to know where they stand? Because if they're not standing with God, that really can affect the outcome, the progress, and the prognosis. I want someone to let God take the credit. That is not a God in their own minds. And understand that they're where they're at because of Him. Because of God. But many of us see success as the ultimate. We see success as something that we do solely. That we're self-made. Self-progressive. When there are other forces at work. You know, we look at some of these companies, Microsoft, Amazon, and we see that they started with absolutely nothing. And today they're worth millions or billions of dollars. And they service... Millions of people provide a lot of jobs. And the, the amount of money that their creators have been able to make is just astronomical. But then you look at what do they do with it? Now, the world tells us that we need to divide it up and they need to do something different, but we, we, we can't do that because it's our, our motivation. You know, God never intended us not to do anything. So I don't know where we got this idea from other than Satan that we're supposed to be just lazy and let someone else do everything for us. God has always been hands-on with us. He wants us to be active roles in everything that happens. We start with the very first man and woman. He gave Adam stuff to do. Adam, tend to the garden. Adam, name all the animals. Adam had stuff to do. He had stuff to keep him occupied, keep him busy. We are not simply to be just idle. We have work to do. And that's our, our, our first line, that we're, we're not intended. And God gives us these skills. He gives us the abilities. And he wants them to put these skills and ability into action. And we look at, we look at these, these people. And we see that it's going to keep... Building and growing and making it bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's like there's never a, a finish line. It's never big enough. But all the while, we never see any improvement. We never see 
anything really change for the better. We don't see any blessings along the way. We don't see anything paid forward or anything. And some of these biggest companies have the worst track record with their employees. That they're, they're limited on what they can do. And if they're found in any kind of the least little bit of discompliance, they're, they're terminated, moved on. You know, it seems to me that it would be a much greater working environment if it was a, a grand environment to work in. If the, the benefits were great, the pay was great, and the environment was great, that instead of people just barely holding on, instead of people staying there out of fear and out of desperation, you would have people that would be happy to be there. Making better progress, a better progress... I seen a thing the other day that Bill Gates was talking about how much money he he gives away to to charity and how big his charities are and then how he plans to give away the majority of his fortune before he dies. And we see that it's supposed to be, you know, millions and millions and millions of dollars. But the one thing I don't ever see and it goes for all of these big charities and foundations is any results from it. Any results. What does it do? And even as a country, they sit up there in, in Washington and they come up with all these spending bills and we send billions of dollars in all these different directions for all these projects and for other countries and we never see any results of what happens what does it go for where does it do and see that's the difference so we we were given in a, a, a godly way. We see results. We see the ramifications of that. We see the actual thing that happens. We see the, the food being consumed. We see the clothes on the backs. We see whatever the need is fulfilled. And we also see that, that love transfer. From what spills over, from what Jesus gives us, it spills over. We give it to someone else. And they, they feel that. And it's not because of the praise that we get. It's not because of the tax write-off. It's because that's what God wants. He wants us to love one another and take care of one another. Why is God going to bless us if we are 
just going to feed the curse. How insulting that is. God sent His Son Jesus so we can be free. He paid the debt for us. He bought us back after we sold ourselves out. And yet we are constantly feeding the enemy. Just like them Israelites, we want to run back into slavery. We're out in the wilderness. We're eating quail. We're eating manna from the sky. We're drinking the water from the rock. We're following God around. We're in His presence. And yet, what do we want to do? We want to run back to Egypt. We want to go back to building bricks, eating scraps, being beat, because it's what we know. When God wants us to be free. And we don't even give it a chance. We're so worried about stuff. How many things do we waste stuff on? How many things have we bought that winds up in the trash or the yard sale the following year? To that, we could have took and, and given to someone else and really made a, a life-changing thing. How many times have we not been propelled forward because God knows what we're going to do? He gives us a little bit. You know, we can think about that it's all us, that we do it all, that we work hard and everything, but God gives us the talent, the ability. He opens the doors for us. He protects the percentage we keep for what we give. He does all these things, and it's a test to see how we're going to use it, what we're going to do with it, how we're going to act, and we fail over and over and over again. We get greedy, we get paranoid. We worry that we're not going to have enough. And we worry so much about everyone else. Just like in the, in the story today, this fella was worried about what someone else was making based on what he perceived and saw. Even though that because of this person's wealth, what they've been able to accomplish. It was able to put food on his table. It was able to give him a source of income. We're always concerned about what someone else is doing. Well, we need to be concerned about what we are doing. So many times that we are, instead of trying to bless someone, we're trying to tear someone else down. It's like we're, we're jealous of someone else's 
success. And that's the mentality that we have today. It's like we look and we see this and we think that, well, that's not fair. That one person has so much and I have so little. But what have you done to make anything happen for yourself? You know, if sitting around and complaining and feeling sorry for yourself, if, that, if we could monetize that, all of us would be rich. Because we're real good. You know, we could be professional pity party planners. But we have to put the work in. I hear all the time from the older portions of the congregation, they say, I want to get better. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to get better. Well, that's great. And you know what? God is willing to help you get to that point. Now, the question is, what are you doing as part of the process? Are you doing what you can do? Are you putting in the time? Are you putting in the work? Are you doing what you physically can do for yourself? And then, on the spiritual side, are you asking God for help? Are you asking Him to pick up where you leave off? Are you staying in faith? Are you believing that God is going to do these things for you. It's so discouraging when you can't even keep a full conversation before we see the, the, the doubt and the fear and the lack of faith creep back in. That we can't even stand and talk for 15 minutes and be in faith for 15 minutes before everything turns around. And you say it over and over again and we have the same conversations over and over again and we don't have any change. Because it's easier to just go with what we know. You know, we act like God is some big scary monster. He just wants to love us. He just wants to help us. But yet we embrace the real monster. We embrace Satan. We embrace everything that he throws at us. And we just waller in the sadness and the shame and the fear and the doubt. And we cover ourselves and we bathe in it and we carry it with us. God's trying to make us stronger. He's trying to make us overcome. We're constantly finding new problems, looking at the system, seeing that it's flawed. And it is. There's things that need to change. There's things that we all need, health care, fuel, Food, and those things shouldn't be a monetized weapon. Those things shouldn't be so profitable that people are going without. But we can't take and just all quit 
and not work because we're lazy, because we don't want to. And we can't ignore the ones that are in need. We're all the body of Christ. And if one part is not working as well, what do we do? We do something to to give it some help. We break our arm, we put it in a cast. We hurt our ankle, we get a crutch. And that's what we are to be to the weaker parts. We think of giving as losing something. We're giving it away. What we're really doing is investing. Because whatever we give out of a good heart, God's going to take that, He's going to multiply that, and He's going to return it to you in fold. But we have to give Him a chance. And we have to give Him a a complete chance. Because we have that that mentality like like that TV show protruded. We come in, and we, we look up, we drop it in and say, Lord, here we go. I'm doing it. Now bless me. Where's it at? We expect things just to show up and to fall on our lap. And we don't understand. We need to make change. We need to make change in our system because our system is corrupt. But there's only one thing we can change, and that is to add God back into it. To put God at the head of everything. To put God first and foremost. To filter everything through His Word.